Outbreak? Contagion. Oh, okay. Say this. There's plenty of new things to pick from. There's like, there's a, there's Avengers, there's Avengers 2, there's Avengers 3. Yeah, Bobby, <laughs> Bobby only watches or, Marvel movies. Or Tangled. I was, li- I was literally watching Tangled last night, and it's an amazing oh my movie. God. Bobby, uh, watch something new for once. You Bob- need help. Bobby only watches AAA titles. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you were saying that, tr- that Tangled is a AAA title. It's made by Disney, of course it is. Double A. I don't know if you've noticed, but Disney isn't an independent studio. <laughs> it's not Okay, that's that's fair. It's not an indie film they're making indie films they're making over there. Um All right, and with that said, let's get started on the Nerdwave podcast. Uh once again I'm Kevin. I'm here with Bobby and Jay. Welcome um, back. Welcome say back. Hi guys. Every, every hi guys. Hi guys. Yeah. <laughs> um today. We did a. We're doing a movie review. We watched Outbreak. It's actually fresh in our minds, and this was Jay's choice uh, for a movie. It was his turn to pick a movie to review, and a uh, very topical choice, by the way. There were. It's funny how many parallels in this movie that there were to real life um, right. in terms of what everything's you know everything that's happening right now. So um, good this choice. This is a scary like, or not worst case scenario, but like a scary like thing of what may happen depending on you well, know, how things could shake out. Yeah, it's a it's worst case scenario for how a government might react, which is probably the scariest part. And if you, um, think it's just a small town too. It's like it's well, we'll get we'll get into everything. Um, I guess the first question we should we should ask is, uh, and Jay's seen this movie many times. First time for me, Bobby. I think it's first time for you as well. Yeah. Um, did you like it? Oh yeah, I uh, you talking to me right? I thought, of course. Yeah, Jay's already seen it. Jay. Jay's seen it many uh, times, yeah, and he hates the fucking hate movie. <laughs> I enjoyed, I, know, I enjoyed it. Uh, I actually thought it was better than I thought it would be. Um, I think it was pretty good. Uh, I wouldn't watch it again unless it was just on TV and I had nothing better to watch. But there were definitely worse things you could watch. Like yeah. Tangled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of along the same lines there. I uh, I enjoyed it. I was, it was, there was a lot more stuff that happened into it than I expected. I thought it was going to be a lot slower. Um, but would I watch it again or would I actively seek it out to watch it again? Probably not. Um, this is a one and done for me probably, but, um, much more enjoyable than I expected. Uh, the acting was pretty good. The story was pretty good. Um, the line delivery was on and off. (laughs) We'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, so I enjoyed it. If, if I, we'll save the scores for later actually. Um, so let's start with stuff that we, that we liked about it. Let's dive in a little bit. Um, Jay, name some stuff that you liked about it. This was your movie. Uh, why did you want us to see it? I think. I like this movie. I remember seeing it when it came out the first time, and I was just kind of like on the edge of my seat the whole time. But I was a lot younger too, so obviously, like I think it probably had a more effect on me. Um, but also, just the cast. I think the cast is amazing. You know, you got Dustin Hoffman, Cuba Gooding Jr. Um, you got Donald Sutherland, Morgan Freeman, um, and Kevin Spacey. Really or the name we shall not name. Yeah, Volvo. Uh, named it. Jay. Yeah. ruined it. <laughs> and Rene Russo. Um, and just everyone, the chemistry between everyone seemed to have worked really well. Um, Dustin Hoffman, the way he delivers, I don't know, his lines, he's just always overdramatic and everything, but for some reason I love it. They want their weapon. Yeah, I just, they I don't, want I don't their know. Weapon. I've always enjoyed Dustin Hoffman movies, and, and I've always enjoyed Donald Sutherland. He plays such a good bad guy, such a good creepy bad guy. And then, um, you know, you were talking about there's so many parallels going on now. I mean, if you think that this movie does those well too, so. Uh, this movie had, you know, good action. You know, it had some pretty good chase helicopter chase scene, um, some other chase scenes, and 
you know, just I think it was executed pretty well, even though it was, you know, fanciful and a lot of stuff um, wasn't really accurate to life, but still enjoyable. Yeah, one of the things that, that I noticed is the movie for probably like the first 75 percent of the movie, it's played out as very, very serious. Um, and then there's I'm going to try and limit the spoilers for now, but there's a point in the movie where it's almost like it becomes very there's a lot of jokes. <laughs> there's a it lot felt of... like a cheesy Bond movie at a certain yeah, point. Yeah, and it's a very clear division because most of the movie up until that point is very serious. We have to find a cure for this. We got to find the host. Um, we got to figure out what it is. There's all these like um, very important, heavy things that are happening in the story, and then it gets to this one point where it's like, okay, they're just kind of joking around with each other this in this very important action scene. So I thought there was a a pretty jarring tonal shift during the movie. Um, but I didn't dislike it. I thought it was, yeah. I thought it was funny. I thought it was good. Um, basically the, the point, um, or the change comes from Kevin Spacey's character is he's basically like the dry comedy comic of relief type character. He's supposed to be like the, you know, he's a little bit, um, aloof and doesn't, he, he's he gives a lot of levity to stuff at the very beginning, but then at a certain point, there is a very clear shift to, we're just going to crack jokes a bunch and it's not even involving him anymore at this point, which was kind of, which was kind of strange. Um, but like I said, I didn't actually hate that. Uh, I'll, I'll get into that a little bit more um, later on uh, when we get into spoiler type stuff. But um, yeah, it, in terms of stuff that I liked, I thought the acting was great. The cast is fantastic. The story is actually pretty good. And I think is a little bit realistic until there's like, there's some, uh, some stuff that they try to, to embellish. Um, but thought mostly believable. Um, so then that's always a great sign for a movie like this. Mm-hmm. What about you, Bobby? What did you like? Well, it's funny because I thought uh, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character was like really boring for the first, like at least third of the movie. And then like, as he got more comfortable with, uh, with the main character, I don't even remember the main character's name. What, what was it? Yeah, uh, Daniels. Colonel Daniels. Yeah, Daniels. Colonel Daniels. Uh, the like the, the more and more they kept hanging out, <laughs> Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. seemed to like lighten up and like he turned into the comic relief I think after Kevin Spacey was kind of out of the picture Um, so I I thought he was actually much better in the second half and what actually became one of my favorite characters Um, I one thing that I can't stand in movies and so many movies have this is a useless romantic plot I know it kind of drove Daniels to do what he did but also it just like it's not fun to watch you know like you know, these people that are getting divorced, you know, butt heads. I don't feel like it added all that much to the movie. I feel like they could have written it in a different way without having a fairly useless love story. But I, I mean, that's, that's kind of I wouldn't thing. even call it a love story, to be honest. It was just a, it was a relationship. Him? No, but it's reconciliation. Just, it's a relationship that has to exist in terms of the story because you can't, like, when you add an extra facet of importance about figuring out the problem or solving the problem, that's <laughs> beneficial to a story. So, um, I don't know. Do you guys think we should jump into spoilers this soon? It's only been about eight minutes, <laughs> uh, or should we should we step back a little bit? Maybe get go back and talk about Cuba's character. You know, he's the new guy on the team, so I think it kind of worked that he was kind of dry. He's trying to find his place on the team, and then you know, partly through the movie, he found it. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think that was did a good job doing that. They did a good job writing that. True. Not sure what that has to do with the love story, but we'll. <laughs> hey, the love story. Quote, was quote, the quote, love story. 
between uh, Cuba and Daniels. And oh, so, yeah, yeah. It's obviously there. You know, they have the same arguments and conversations that a couple would have. But true. true. <laughs> About whether they should keep the weapon. Yeah. Where should uh, we go for dinner? <laughs> all right. So basically, Bobby, Bobby liked the cast. Jay liked the cast. I liked the cast. The acting was generally good. Um, Bobby, you were saying that the story seemed, uh, or the love story seemed uh, useless. Um, what about what about you, Jay? Did you have any dislikes with the movie? I don't think I really had any dislikes with this movie. Obviously, I'm the one that's seen it a bunch of times, and I, I mean, you know, you guys said you wouldn't go out of your way to watch it again or mm-hmm. actively seek it. I mean, I will honestly. Sometimes if nothing's on, I'm like, oh hey, cool, Outbreak. I won't actively see it, but seek it, but it's there, and I will watch it. Um, I have no problem with the love story either. I think the love story, you know, Daniel's already, you know, had he's so invested in trying to find this cure, and I think this just bumped his his um his investment up another notch, and then he's like he's just desperate to exactly. desperate to find it. Exactly. So I think the love story really kind of added a little more fuel to that fire. It's important uh, to add a personal connection to solving the problem uh, yeah. in a story like this because it just it just heightens the stakes. And so if that didn't exist, I guess you could have just had them. Be a normal you could have done couple? with Kevin Spacey. You, you could have done it with Kevin Spacey's character. Had them be a little bit closer, like be like really good friends, and then him want to do everything he can to save one of his best friends. You know. Well, in hindsight, we definitely don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Knowing what we know about. Knowing yeah, what we know Kevin now. Spacey as an actor. Twenty plus years. Like that is a that is a decent point though. Who's gonna take care of the dogs if they all? It's it's true. You don't want to split the dogs up. That's true. But it's like in in any kind of disaster movie where you have the you have the hero. And you have the family aspect, and he's got to have something to fight for. Um, I think it, it makes sense, and I'm glad it was in there. Um, but at the same time, if it wasn't, I may not have really noticed in the end. Um, so, too, you talk about Kevin Spacey. It could have been Kevin Spacey. But I think a lot of times there is that that formula where, like, once someone needs to die. And if it was anyone else, usually the it probably would have. Yeah, it's, if, someone, if it was anyone else, I don't think it would have worked. I don't think it would have worked if Cuba died. And it definitely wouldn't have worked if Renee Zellweger died. So I think Kevin Spacey was the perfect <laughs> Zellweger Definitely wouldn't have worked if she died. Because she wasn't in the movie. <laughs> if they had killed Renee Zellweger, Renee Russo, Renee Russo. that would have been a crime. The other Renee. She wasn't a character in the movie. <laughs> the older Renee. I'm sorry. Renee Zellweger's like, I wasn't Renee even Russo. in that movie and I died? What's, what's funny Russo. is uh, about Renee Russo, Kevin, I had this thought earlier at the start of the movie. Then Kevin voiced this about halfway through. He's like, it feels like this should be a Sandra Bullock character. Or Sandra Bullock should be playing this character. Yeah. And I don't know what made me think that, but I thought the same exact thing. Yeah, I, I really don't know why, but it seems like it was a perfect role for her. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I 100% agree because I'm the one who said it. So <laughs> that would be natural, Jay, right? you're, you're left in the, the dark here. I don't know what, what your problem is. Yeah, do why you, do you think Sandra Bullock? Russo should have been Sandy? Huh? I don't think so. Huh? I mean, honestly, they're almost the same actresses. Um, you know, they kind of have a meteoric rise and then, you know, well, don't Russo never really hit the... Was never really an A list, I guess. No, um, well, she was but they both had that meteoric rise. Yeah, yeah, that was just kind of a funny little tidbit that we had. Um, it definitely seems like a, a Sandra Bullock role, which was funny. Um, but yeah, just getting back to the uh, the whole um, it needing to be his wife, or as we find out, ex wife, as Morgan Freeman's character makes uh, totally clear. Um, yeah, I kind of agree with uh, with Jay that the best friend sort of has to die um, in these types of movies. Spoiler alert! Um, and actually, with that said, we're at the we're almost at the third mark. Um, let's get let's get into some specifics about 
um, what kind of happens in this movie, what we didn't like, what we did like. Um, Bobby, let's start with you. What did, what can you dive into more that you didn't really like about this? Uh, I mean, I, I, can't, I don't think there was a lot that I really didn't like outside of the love story. Uh, I think it was... I, I like there were moments where they like the the villains or not necessarily the villains. Well, you could call them the villains. It's hard to say, but um, where the stakes were upped, and I didn't actually expect that to happen. Like the, you know, when they at the very beginning of the movie, spoilers, uh, they they think that they're dropping like aid, and then it actually just there's like a thing that's parachuting down, and it's just, it's a bomb, and it blows up the village. Right. I was like, okay, that's a hell of a start to the movie. I think that you know, actually that's very that. that's a that's a very effective way of setting the tone for the movie because they're like, you know, they did that once, so spoiler alert, they're gonna want to do it again, and they they lean heavily on the fact that they're going to do it again. So I, yeah, that was a great way to start the movie for sure. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, I think it was just it was an interesting journey with uh, with Dustin Hoffman's character, uh, Colonel Daniels, trying to figure out everything that's going on and just like. You know he's against he's against the government. You know trying to trying to stop everything from happening and trying to make sure that the the town is safe. And I always love that kind of character. It's like uh, in every season of Twenty Four, Jack Bauer is like disobeying he, orders. Yeah, he he goes against orders and he's a fugitive from the law at least once in every single season of Twenty Four that happens. And it sounds like it, a very diverse storyline. <laughs> <laughs> he does it in a different way every time. And then they forgive him because he's right. So, you know. Oh, okay. it, goes. All right, it makes sense. Just like Dustin Hoffman. That's why he's going to face no charges. Which is funny because Jack Bauer's dad is in this movie as, yeah, Donald, Donald as the villain. As the worst person, yeah. All right, Jay, do you have any complaints with this movie? Since this is basically your movie. Um, well, you, I mean, you signed off by choosing this as a movie we need to watch. So anything that you you don't necessarily like. It's not open range. It's not open range, so I definitely <laughs> there's something I don't like about it. Um, I think the way they get the cure, the way they find the, the host species is kind of, you know, way out there. I mean, it's really far-fetched to be able to do that and narrow something really like a needle in a haystack kind of thing going on. But it's like a needle in a giant, giant haystack the size of California. <laughs> um, I mean, the way they, they figure out what kind of animal it was or where the host might have been, I mean, that was pretty realistic. But finding it the way they do, I think it was really... Uh, kind of a, a cop-out. Um, I think the writers are like, okay, we need to figure this out and they kind of like, it's the last thing they probably figured out. So it was a little yeah. too easy. I'm not uh, sure I, I totally agree with that just because um, there's a lot of times in real life where the you know the truth is stranger than fiction, right? And that's true. There's been major events over human history where coincidence is the deciding uh, influence on the way things play out. So uh, just to get deeper into what Jay's talking about, basically there's this monkey that's uh, that's imported from uh, Africa on a ship, and then it ends up getting released into the Pacific Northwest forest. Um, there's a little girl who ends up befriending this monkey, and it's it's almost entirely coincidence that they that that happens, and that the people searching for the host end up running into this little girl, um, or basically getting connected with this little girl in order to find the monkey. So obviously coincidental completely outlandish but a lot of times that's all it takes in order for uh you know for a story to play out that's so, true i mean it could but I, the best part though oh, i'm sorry continue yeah yeah okay yeah go ahead and tell this part because it is so the, it's very hilarious it's almost like it's out of a spoof movie the best part is colonel daniels is on the news he hijacks like a, a news a broadcast and he's talking about the monkey and the the mom of the girl who saw, who saw the monkey she drew a picture just like just a stick figure drawing of it 
And then Kevin and I made a joke that they were going to like pan to the picture of the monkey. And like, and then like, that would be the big reveal. And you see the mom watching the newscast. And she just turns her head over to the fridge, and there's a picture of the, the, the freaking monkey that <laughs> the girl for sure. Yeah, and not only that, <laughs> it like him. zooms in on the picture aggressively, like, oh shit, like this is the same monkey, and it's like, there's well, no. Well, then way she to looks tell. out the window too. She looks at the window, and her daughter's out there oh taking apples. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, yeah, that was, it was just hilarious how they just zoom in real quick. Um, yeah, not not really a uh, a negative for me, but like I was saying, where the where the movie takes a tonal shift into more of like a buddy cop, and I mentioned this while we were watching it, it almost turns into a buddy cop movie where Cuba Gooding Jr. and Dustin Hoffman's character are uh, they're going to try and find the host, and once they're like on the run from the military from the army, it becomes into very much like this like bonding experience between them. Yeah. And uh, Bobby mentioned it earlier that Cuba Gooding Jr. basically becomes a comic relief and he's cracking jokes and stuff and like um, pretty much is a clone of Kevin Spacey's character with his dry humor. Um, and then it's just like this whole chase scene. There's a helicopter chase scene where uh, they're being chased by two two helicopters that are trying to shoot him down. They're trying to kill him and they're just cracking jokes the whole time. And it's like <laughs> it's very it's it's very different than um, the the previous, you know, 75 percent of the movie up until that point which is this very very serious story about them trying to find a cure for this mystery disease. So I thought that was funny. And not really a dislike. It was just kind of like this thing where I was like, oh, okay, this is a different well, movie now. We're watching a different movie. I love so. how they use the same trick twice. You know, they're, they're playing chicken and then dodging out of the way. And it's like they fall for it each time. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking a bad James Bond movie, like a, like a 70s James Bond movie. With like the villain. It, it looked like the helicopter was, they were going under a bridge in a chase, right? And it looked like the helicopter uh, tailing him was about to crash right into the bridge. And then it just didn't. And then, uh, like, uh, there was well, another okay, helicopter. Okay, well, wait, wait. So the the first helicopter goes under it, and it looks like they're yeah. going to hit it, right? And then the second one is following them. First of all, why did they decide to go into the bridge, too? <laughs> Not explained. Know. But when they do it, Donald Sutherland's character is like, don't go into the bridge. And he puts his arms in front of his face like they're going <laughs> to hit it. And then they don't. <laughs> you just don't it just goes like but, normal well that, that's bad enough and it's then perfect. you have another moment after where there's another helicopter chasing them so there's two helicopters and he gets them to almost crash into each other and he does the same thing throwing his arms up <laughs> yeah. and i expected an explosion i'm like oh okay just, just nothing happened there that's fine it's the same cuts they get the same pieces of um, the recorded yeah they just did twice i feel so like michael bay yeah exactly <laughs> i feel like in order to make that scene more effective they should have cut one of those out uh, because then it like the second time you're like, oh, they're going to try and get us again. And then they, they do, um, which is also funny too, fire. because oh, then, yeah, well then to take it even further at the climax of the movie, they do the same thing again, where they play chicken with the, with the bomber and they're just <laughs> in this little helicopter and the bomber like dodges it and they're like, oh no. And then they don't hit. <laughs> so it's like they, they use the same trick three times within a matter of 15 minutes. Like it's yeah, all in the end of the movie right, right there. Yeah. 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 Uh, also another half complaint, um, because it was, it was like sort of effective when they're at the end of the movie, they're trying to convince the military to not bomb this town. Cause that's all they, that's all the military wants to do is bomb the town to eradicate the, the virus before it spreads. Um, so Dustin Oppen's characters pleading with the bombers, the pilot saying like, uh, you know, we found the anti, you know, the, the cure basically don't do this. You know, we, we have the cure already. And uh, that scene, I don't know about you guys, but it, it drags a little bit too long for me. I thought like, oh, yeah. 
if it was maybe could have been yeah like if it was cut in half it would have been uh it would have been a lot more effective but because during that scene i'm sitting there i was actually on the edge of my seat like jay said earlier with this movie um, and I was like, are they, what's going to happen? Like, how are they going to solve this problem? But then like, it sort of drags and you stop, you stop caring a little bit. Um, that's, <laughs> that's sort of the effect. That I don't care anymore. Basically, city. basically, because pacing is, is very important in movies. And I think that that scene just went on a little bit too long. And I know why they did it too, because they had to show, you know, they had to give Dustin Hoffman a speech and then they had to show, um, Morgan Freeman's character arguing with, uh, General Clintock. Uh, <laughs> and so I get why they did it. Um, it just dragged a little bit too long on that one. So minor complaint though, because honestly I was like really, you know, interested in what was going on. So, yeah, it, I mean, it was always a pretty interesting movie, like seeing how like things were spreading. Like they kept on showing like one guy, like, you know, catching it and then going to like a crowd of people and like spreading it to them. Yeah. And like, it kept on going like to different places like that, which, you know, I, I think that's a, a really interesting way of showing how easily it can spread. Right. And that's kind of scary with today's environment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of parallels to reality with this movie. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting where they're talking about, you know, like quarantine a specific area or locking it down a specific area. Um, the the speech that I don't even know who that guy was um, when they're showing the meeting at, in the White House. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. I think it was uh, like probably the uh, secretary or. Uh, Secretary of State or something like that. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Well, he's given the speech about, you know, like reading reading the Constitution and not seeing anywhere about extinguishing 2,500 lives or all that, all that shit. So um, it was a pretty cool scene about, like, balancing, you know, the decision that they have to make. Um, and I thought that was very pertinent in today's That climate. scene actually oh, – sorry to cut you off, but, like, that scene was actually really surprising because that guy always plays, like, kind of like a grease ball. He was in um, – he was in the Samuel Jackson movie, the the Negotiator, and he played yeah. kind of like a shitty dude. And every every movie I see him in, he's like a, a shitty dude. And in this movie, like he was like, okay, no, no, no matter what happens, you're gonna stand up there with the president, and if he takes a fall, you're taking a fall. Well, you know, well that was kind of the thing. That's what made that that scene. Personally, I think that's my favorite scene of the whole movie because of how like realistic it is. Because he's basically playing both sides of the argument in that scene. Oh, yeah. Because he's saying there's nothing in the Constitution saying that we can do this. Um, and it does specifically say that, you know, there's liberties that are, that are given to our citizens and all this stuff, but then he's also walking the line and, and basically the whole point of that scene is communicating the weight of the decision that they're making in that point. And he's basically saying, you guys need to remember this shit that remember that we had to do this. Um, so I thought that was, that was really effective in showing, um, sometimes there's tough decisions that are made in life that, uh, aren't always the best for everybody. So That was that was a great scene in my opinion. Um, and, also and you like, actually, oh, sorry, sorry, it's like and burn these images in your head. These are yeah. people, you know. These oh, people, exactly. these, exactly. these souls are going to be on you for the rest of your life. So you at know, the beginning are you of that, prepared to do this. At the beginning of that scene, Bobby actually said, "You know, oh, this guy seems like a great guy," sarcastically, yeah. and then like it sort of started out that way because he sounds like a bad guy, but then he's totally like. Good. You know, we're this is going to haunt us forever. This this decision, this isn't an easy decision. So that made it very very realistic in my opinion. So be, best scene in the movie for me in my in uh, my opinion. Yeah, it was what maybe like a minute long, but yeah. like just he kept he just kept talking and talking and talking, and it was just everything he said. Like you know, it's really about the gravity of the situation. It's like yes, we can save the country, but we're going to be killing all these people. Like this 
it's a small number as a stat, it's but the, these are actual people. Like yeah. I said during the movie, it's the trolley experiment. That's that's what it is. So, um, yeah. Um, uh, one complaint about that scene, though, which I I loved it personally. It is completely out of nowhere. We've never seen these characters before. It's very yeah. shoehorned into the movie. <laughs> it's very much like, but it oh, works. We got to do something. You see them one time, but yeah. I, I definitely get it because this the movie wasn't about them. It's about Dustin Hoffman and and yeah. um the generals and everything like that yeah and yeah, the virus absolutely, but, absolutely. Yeah. that scene almost feels like you know one of the um jack ryan movies or something like that it's almost like it it fits in the movie but it almost felt like it was something else what do you mean i don't know just the way that scene played out it just fit like it was from a whole like it could have been i don't know maybe i'm just talking out my ass but <laughs> i think it could fit in so many other movies it just seemed like it was kind of a little out of place in this movie like you said it was shoehorned in but it's still a great scene. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't a lot of importance on like the town as a whole, and like I, I mean, they did have the scene. Oh, there was another uh, another really interesting scene where people were trying to leave the town. Yeah. And which uh, and like there's two there's two cars, one in the front, one in the back, and they actually end up having to blow up the first car with like three guys in it while stopping the second car from leaving. So I mean, like I think they do talk about like the importance of like it not spreading and like you know, having to take lives to save lives, but I don't know if they put enough effort into that in the movie. Well, I think that they kind of expand on that later on with that scene that we were just talking about, um, the scene in the, whatever, the situation room or whatever. So they, mm-hmm. they kind of expand on the, the decision that they had made. But at that point, it does feel a little bit out of nowhere when they blow up that truck, you know. Uh, yeah, there was nothing about people, like, panicking, like, Instead of being like, oh, are we not not allowed to leave? Like people like finding out about it slowly. It's all of a sudden there's just a quarantine, you know? Right, right, yeah. Th- that part of the movie does feel very rushed, uh, in my opinion. Where it's just like the decisions being made aren't necessarily expanded on, or um, there's no like road to it. It's just very much like, oh, this is happening now. So, um, yeah. But honestly, minor complaints. I think, I think in terms. Actually, you know what? We should probably do this. First of all, let's give our ratings um, of the movie. And then would you recommend it to, for anybody to watch, especially in this particular time that we're dealing with? Um, so, Bobby, let's start with you. What's your rating and do you recommend it? Uh, I, I would go... I think I'd, at this point I would give it a 7. I would recommend it to most people who are interested in this type of a movie, who don't mind a little bit of, like... You know, like I said, a lot of people are freaking out about this current pandemic. Uh, so I wouldn't... Like, let's say, like, my girlfriend, I would not recommend it to her because, like, she gets things in her head and she, like, kind of, like, worries about it a little bit. But to anybody who can kind of keep movies and real life separate, I would definitely recommend it. <laughs> that sounds like a sounds like a little bit of a diss. Yeah, I know. Like, you're, no, no, I, no distinguishing between fantasy and reality. <laughs> it's more about, like, not giving yourself nightmares type of a thing. If you can't compartmentalize, do not watch this movie. Um, so what was your score at a 10? Uh, I gave it a 7. A seven. Okay. All right, Jay. What about you? I'm gonna give mine a seven and a half. Um, I just, like I said, I've, I've watched this movie several times over and over again, and I, you know, I have no complaints really that much. Back about to it, back to I, back to back. Yeah, I sat one day and watched it like ten times in a row on Netflix. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a seven and a half. Um, I think you know the cast, cast and the acting alone. I mean, the story sometimes, you know. Gets a little com- not convoluted, but fantastical. Yeah. But I think the acting was um, spot on, and the cast was great. Um, the substance of the movie um, is there. You know, it's just a thriller. You know, um, 
kind of a little bit of action at the end. So, I mean, I think and the way it corresponds with what's going on now, too, it's um, almost eerie, you know, as far as, you know, the quarantine stuff, staying in your home. Yeah. Um, that, 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 that adds, like Bobby said, it would add a little bit, I guess, of more, more fear or more edge to it for especially watching it right now. Um, yeah. I would recommend this. I recommended it to you guys. I'll recommend it to anybody. Um, it's up to them if they want to watch it. I mean, they know the limits, so I'm not going to censor it for them, but. Yeah. All right. Our, our listener, Thomas, make sure you watch it because Jay recommended it. Okay. Yeah. Watch it. <laughs> All right. For me, um, I'm going to have to give it a seven also. I think it's uh, it's one of those movies that um, it's worth to watch. Um, not really of a repeatable watch type of movie, uh, but definitely worth checking out. Um, it is, like Jay said, there's, there's a lot of times where it does get really fantastical, but I think the overall message of the movie is pretty, uh, it's pretty valuable in terms of, you know, how we value life over, you know, rights over safety, all that stuff. I think that's like an overall theme in this that's kind of buried under the, the regular story. Um, acting was fantastic. The cast was really good. Um, the a lot of the lines that were delivered incorrectly was really funny. <laughs> like Dustin Hoffman calls General Mick Clintock. He calls him Clintock, Clintock. which I love. We we rewatched that that scene a couple times. Uh, says Robbie and Bobby. He mixes up Robbie and Bobby the whole time. He, he goes yeah, back and forth on yeah. his wife's name. He calls her Bobby, and then he calls her Robbie, and then Robbie again, and then Bobby, and then so, Robbie. Like it was the weirdest thing. So Jay's headcanon is that when he's mad at her, he calls her Robbie. I guess she doesn't really like it. <laughs> no, no, Bobby uh, is when he's mad at. Her. Oh, sorry. Does it just aggro? So, uh, do I recommend this movie? Um, if you haven't seen uh, Contagion, then yeah, I would recommend this movie. But that movie, I think, is a more realistic portrayal of what's going on. If you want something a little bit more, uh, more lighthearted, something that isn't super serious or believable, then yeah, I would definitely recommend this. Um, but yeah, I give it a seven as well. So we're all pretty much within the same realm of what this movie's rating is for us so that's that's interesting uh none of us hated it which is I'm, also interesting i'm not unhappy that i watched it <laughs> yeah so, yeah and that way and honestly i don't know if it just had to do with the company that i was with while watching this uh but um it didn't drag at all it didn't seem like it was a, a movie that it was as long as it was so that's always a benefit if a movie if a long movie doesn't feel long that's a plus yeah. um so and that's what this does so uh yeah, so basically we're we're averaging out at a seven two five. No, we're not. Less than that. I can't do math. <laughs> seven point <laughs> oh eight or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's just round down. Seven out of fifty five million uh, is what we rate this this movie. <laughs> yeah, fifty five million is a perfect. We never gave so. you the scale. It's okay. <laughs> this is not a very good movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, let let's lock it down for real. Seven viruses out of ten. Um, it's a it's a good movie. <laughs> it's definitely watchable. Um, so yeah, I, I think that re- seven COVID COVID nineteen. I give it seven Matabu. Seven COVID nineteens is that seven times nineteen? Oh shit! I can't do that math <laughs> in my head. Um, all right, yeah, I think that wraps up our our review of Outbreak. Um, check it out if you want. It's on Netflix. So um, until next time, we're gonna be our next episode should just be a regular discussion. Um, so keep an eye out for that like comment and subscribe let us know if you watch this movie let us know if you like this movie if you don't like it um and we'll engage you in the comments um, yeah, and then as far as the next movie review it's kevin's turn so it's probably gonna be uh tokyo drift so look out for that why would you know that? there's no viruses in that movie 
All right, guys. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next week or uh, next episode. Until then, thanks for riding the wave. Wow, get pitted. All right, shred that knot. Stay safe out there. Bye. 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 Bye.